that pain lessened any? Just be honest. Has that pain lessened any at all? No, it's not all right. Not until it's totally gone. It's going to leave. It's got to. It's got to go. I said no more. No more. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Well, we've been talking the past several weeks. Yeah, we'll do that in a minute. Past several weeks um, about disciplines of faith. We'll continue along those lines today. Thank you, Lord. I was at a meeting a couple of weeks ago. I'm not going to go into the entirety of, of what was said, but I'm just going to give you a nugget on something. I think it'll help you. Some of you may have heard of Reinhard Bonnke. Some of you may not heard, have heard of him. Reinhardt's uh, in his early 70s. He's uh, originally from Germany. He's got citizenship in Africa. He's led, uh, since the year 2000, he's led 60 million people to the Lord in South Africa. But he made a statement at a meeting that I was at recently talking about our nation, talking about the nation of Israel. And the Lord had told him some things about our nation, but one of the things that the Lord told him, he said, I love Israel because they're my chosen people. I chose them. But the United States, it chose me. And I'll never forget it. Don't worry about this nation. But as I was thinking about that this morning during worship, you know, you chose him. You chose God. You chose him. One of his, one of his attributes is the healer. And you chose him. And he won't forget it. Now just believe it. It's that simple. It really is. Just believe it. You know what we do is that uh, we've got too much unbelief in us yet. Believing really is just a decision of your will. That's all of that it is. Just believe it and accept the fact you received Christ. The anointed one. He lives the same spirit, Romans 8, 11, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, and it says, and he quickens or brings life to your mortal body. Now, in your quiet time, just close your eyes and visualize the healing power of God going through every cell of your body. Visualize yourself, whatever you're dealing with, visualize yourself having absolutely no pain, no symptoms, and just receive it and begin thanking him for it. And don't give it another thought. You know, Jesus, I, I, was, I was sharing um, Monday night just very, very briefly on a class that I'm teaching at VBI. You're all familiar with the story in Mark chapter 11 that when Jesus spoke to the fig tree. You know, when Jesus spoke to that fig tree, in fact, just let's look at that just a moment. Go with me to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. Thank you, Father. 
Mark chapter 11, verse 12. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing the fig tree afar off having leaves, he came if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of the figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter, or hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Now, you know, that's all that it tells us about that account. Now, a little bit later on, we see here when they came by there again later. Oh, in fact, just, just jump on down to verse um, 20. And in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, said unto him, Master, behold the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. And Jesus answered and said, Have faith in God. Now what I want to bring out here, notice something. Jesus spoke to the fig tree and commanded it to dry up. In the mind of Jesus, when he said that, it was done. Settled. I spoke to it. It had to obey. That settles it. I'm going on my way. Now, when they came by that that tree again later, Jesus didn't bring it up. Because, see, as far as Jesus was concerned, it was done. He spoke to it. That settled it. Peter brought it up. Now, you're created in the image and likeness of God. Begin to accept the fact Jesus was a person, a human being, just like you. Now, he was the Son of God, we know that, and we, we don't make light of that. But he laid that aside. Philippians chapter 2 says that he came here as a man. He laid aside that and took on humanity. He had no more power and ability than, than you did. None. He just believed. In fact, he had no power. Until the Holy Ghost came on him. None. From the time he was born until, the, until age 30, we don't see him doing, there is no documented scriptures that shows him having any power whatsoever. Now we do know that when he was 12 years old, he found himself, his parents found him in the synagogue and he was said he was about the father's business. We do know that he went through the scriptures and he found himself in the scriptures. We do know the, the culture back then of the Jewish people is they taught their children the Word of God from the time that they were for a little child, from the time they could begin to learn. So the Word was put into him. He had to find himself in the Scriptures just like you and I do. He was called for a purpose. Just like you and I are called for a purpose. He had to find himself. And when the time was right, he locked up his little carpenter shop and went on his way, and he, he went to John the Baptist, and he got baptized, and it says the Holy Spirit came upon him, and that's when he was filled with the power. Same Holy Spirit you and I have. The same power you and I have. Same faith you and I have. 
Because there in Mark eleven twenty two, when Jesus when, when Jesus answered Peter, and he said, "Have faith in God." Really, what he was saying, "Have the God kind of faith." Yes. You and I have it. Romans twelve three says, "When we get born again, we have been given the measure of faith. We've got the same faith. Amen. You've got the same Holy Ghost. You've got the same power. Yes. So just act like Him." When he spoke to the fig tree, it had to obey him. It had to. When you speak to something, it has to obey you. Now the question is, do you believe that? He did. He didn't ask questions about it. He didn't go talk to everybody about the problem. He spoke to the fig tree, and it died. That's all you and I have to do. Exactly the same thing. We have to believe. It's really quite simple. I know we haven't arrived yet. But let's quit saying we haven't arrived. Amen. Let's start saying, I believe. I believe. I believe. You know, um, the Scriptures tell us that nine different times... Between the Old Testament and the New Testament, the just shall live by faith, we shall walk by faith, etc. Nine different times. Faith is to be a lifestyle. Faith is hearing, believing, speaking. That's faith. Become more aware of that. Begin to acknowledge that to yourself more often. In fact, constantly. Begin thinking on that all the time. I walk by faith. I don't walk by sight. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm not moved by this world system. I'm not moved by what I hear. I'm not moved by this economy. I'm moved by what the Word says. Amen. You know, John 10 tells us that my sheep hear my voice. We've talked about this before. You do hear His voice. Yes. There's just so many other voices out there you don't think you hear his voice. But again, if we're going to walk by faith, start by faith saying, I hear his voice. Don't ever question it. Say, I hear his voice. Start acknowledging him in everything that you do. Start inquiring of him. Start asking him things. See, Jesus, the reason Jesus had the results that he had, he told us himself, I never say anything except what I hear my Father say. I never do anything except what I see my Father do. Now, if we're created in his image and his likeness, if we will take on that same attitude, I'm going to inquire of the Father what he would want me to do. I'm going to inquire of the Father what he would want me to say. I was telling Pastor Chris, we've been talking about this some recently, and I've, I might have said it even in here before. We, we've got so much knowledge of the Word of God available to us. And all of you in here, you've been here many times. And a lot of you have, have been through a lot of, a lot of, of, of classes. Some of you have been through BBI. 
through other types of teachings and stuff. Probably every one of you, you download different teachings from different people. We hear the word and 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 we hear the word. And guess what? Faith comes by hearing. So you've got faith. I mean, the scriptures is either true or it's not true. Faith comes by hearing. Now we have to activate that faith. And it's activated by speaking. But here's what we do, I think, we do in ear. I do it. I know we do it. When something takes place in our life and it's time for us to activate our faith or use our faith against something, we just immediately, out of our brain, out of our mind, we just grab a scripture and we speak it. We just like, like we're going to you know, reach into our little bag and we're going to pull out some little pet scripture and we're going to use it. And it has absolutely no power whatsoever because it's out of your head and not out of your heart. It's out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. Faith has to be of the heart. It has to be heart-spoken words. Now, if we'll begin inquiring of the Father before we speak, don't be in a hurry to speak. During praise and worship, Bob's been dealing with, with an, a situation in his body. And I wasn't going to pray for him this morning. In fact, wasn't even, don't take this wrong, wasn't even thinking about Bob this morning. I thought you had a nice shirt from the back. I noticed that. <laughs> nice looking shirt. Commend the on the back. But I was just standing up here and just on the inside, something quickened on the inside of me. Pray for Bob. Now, I had to ask myself, is that me? Or is that you, Holy Spirit? Because, see, naturally... The Bible tells us lay hands on the sick. He's my brother in Christ. I know that he's been, been going through some things, been suffering some pain. I want to see him completely free. We should all have that compassion for somebody. But I just said, as, 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 as we were singing, I told Vicki, I said, uh, let's just pray something on healing. And I immediately started inquiring of the Lord. I said, now, Bob, uh, Lord, do you want me to pray for Bob? Now, we know the Bible says to do that, but still, does he want me to pray for him? And as I was praying in the Holy Ghost, just praying in tongues, just very, very briefly there, I said, now, Lord, if you want me to pray for him, how do you want me to pray for him? What do you want me to say? And the words kept coming to me, no more. No more pain. No more. No more. So she kept praying, or kept playing. I kept saying, Lord, I'll do it. What do you want me to do? How do you want me to do it? What do you want me to say? And it wasn't that long, and all of a sudden it rose up on the inside of me. Take this stool and set it over here and have Bob put his foot on that stool, lay hands on him and begin to speak to that foot and say, no more pain. It's got to go. No more. Now, I believe he'll have completely, completely that pain will be gone. He says it's lessened up some... He said it's tingling. He says that's all right. And I told him that's not all right. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not, all, that's not acceptable. See, we accept things. It's better than it was. Oh, it's okay. No, it's not. I'm not being critical of Bob. He knows that. We've got to do that. We've got to become conscious of that. We want results. Scripture rose up in me. Go with me to, um, we'll get to our notes maybe. And if we don't, it's all right. First Corinthians, because we'll come back next week. 
1 Corinthians chapter 2. This is what Paul says here. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I, brethren, when I came to you, notice what he says here, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom declaring unto you to the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except, save, which means except, Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. He's talking about in his own ability. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. Now notice, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. It's not in the words that we speak. It's not in the wisdom that we have. We want to start seeing demonstrations. Demonstrations of the power of God. Now, I believe that when we'll wait on God and we'll ask Him what to do and what to say, just like Jesus said, just like Jesus did, that that was then not me speaking to Bob's foot, but it was God speaking to Bob's foot. I'm just his spokesperson. It's no longer the words of man then. It's not man's wisdom. It's the words right from the very heart of the Father. And that isn't anything about me. That's, that's, that has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with him. Same thing. It doesn't make any difference if it's me, if it's you, who it is. That's God speaking then. And that's when we'll start getting results and we'll start seeing results. Whether that's us ministering to somebody else or us ministering to ourselves. There's a scripture that I shared with you. I, I keep teach, I'm talking about it all the time now because I can't get away from it. Psalms 32. Shared it Monday night. I'll be sharing it a lot. If you don't like hearing it, that's fine. You just won't get it. Because faith comes by hearing. Oh, Craig, you're kind of strong today. No, not really. Psalms 32.8. King James says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way that thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Listen to this out of the Living Bible. And the Living Bible says, I will instruct you and guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch your progress. Oh, there's so much in this scripture. Notice what he says here. First he says, I, God, will instruct you and guide you. He's going to instruct us and guide us. And of course, how's he going to do that? But with the teacher. In fact, hold your place and, and go over to um, John 16. We'll come back to Psalms in a minute. John 16, look at verse 13. How be it he, this, when the Spirit of truth, how be it when he, the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, that's what he's talking about, is come, notice, he will what? He will guide you into all truth. For he shall, now listen, remember what Jesus said. Jesus said, I will never 
say anything on my own. I'll only say the things I hear my Father say. I'll only do the things I see my Father do. Now look what he's saying here about the person of the Holy Spirit. When he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you on the truth. He will not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. Well, what's he going to hear? He's going to hear words from the Father. And he's the one who's communicating to you. He's the one who's going to be communicating to me. That's how we get the words from the Father. But notice it says here, he will guide us. He will lead us into all truth. Now, when we take that in light of Psalms 32, it says, I, God, will instruct you. How? Right there, by the person of the Holy Spirit. That's how he's going to instruct us. Now, notice, he says, I will instruct you, and I will guide you along the best pathway. Not just a pathway. The best one. There's a best pathway to healing. There's a best pathway. Get that out. Pathway to prosperity. There's a best pathway to marriage relationships being fulfilled. There's a best pathway for everything. And he knows what it is. And he will instruct you and he will guide you. And guess what? He lives in you. But am I going to inquire of him to find out what it is? Or... Do I think I know more than he does and I'll just pull something out of my reservoir of knowledge that I have and use that? Thinking that's God. See, I did that for 30 years and didn't work. Thinking I was doing it was right. And was very sincere. I thought I had the word. The word works. The word works, but the best word is the word that he gives you for that situation or that moment at the time. That's the word we want. We want the specific word that he has for us for that situation at that moment. That same situation could come up a week from now. And he may give us a completely different word. Because he knows what the root is, we don't. He knows what it's going to take to kill that root, we don't. Look at this. I will instruct you and guide you along the best pathway for your life. Now notice, I will advise you. He's going to advise me all the time, all the way. He's going to advise me. But again, now listen. He's a gentleman. He never says anything on his own. He will not, the, talking now about the personal Holy Spirit, he will not violate my will. He will not violate your will. If I do not inquire of him, he will not tell me. He wants me to be asking him because I trust him so much, because you trust him so much. So when I inquire of him, then he will advise me. If I inquire of him and I believe that he advises me of something and I begin to do that, he's going to watch over it. He watches over his word to see to it that it's performed. He watches over his word. 
Now, if I get off a little bit, or maybe I didn't quite hear him quite right, but yet I have inquired of him, and I do believe what I do believe, if I believe that's my, my heart is right, I believe this is the right thing that I do, he's going to watch over it, and if that isn't quite right, he's no, 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 Craig, no, 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 I didn't say that. I meant this. You interpreted that wrong. Do this, do this. See, just like you train up a child, you'll help that child along every pass of their life, if you really love them, and I believe you do. But you'll, you'll help them out every way that you can. They're, they're going to make some mistakes. Some of them you'll let them make because they, they get a little stubborn and they think they know it all. I mean, you know, when we were in our teens, we knew more than our parents. And they let us make some stupid mistakes. When we got a little bit older, then we came back to them and asked them, now what do I do? And then what would they do? They would advise us what we're supposed to do. I hear his voice. You hear his voice. But his voice is a still small voice. It's subtle. And that's going to require you and I slowing down a little bit. That's going to require us not being in such a hurry. I'm convinced that 50, 60, 70% of sickness and disease is stress-related anyway. See, we're not supposed to carry the cares. He says his burden is easy and his, his yoke is light. So if you're carrying burdens and yokes, guess what? You haven't given them to him yet. We need to do that. We need to give that to him. Amen? Listen to this. When we walk by faith, God never intended us for to, to know how to do what he tells us to do or how he was going to turn around the circumstances. Do you get that? When we walk by faith, he never intended for us to know how. That's why it's called walking by faith, which is trusting him. Now, when we walk by faith, I'm convinced most of the time it probably would not have been the way we would have thought or what we would have chosen. It probably won't make any sense to us. That's why he told us in Proverbs chapter 3, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thy own understanding or don't reason it out. Lean not to your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. That sounds like I'm inquiring of him. And what? And he will direct your path. Now notice what that says. In all thy ways. In all thy ways. Healing, relationships, finances, big decisions, little decisions. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. And notice, and he'll direct our path. And of course, where's he going to direct us? We've just seen here where the Holy Spirit's going to take us. He's going to lead us into all truth. Which to me is the best pathway that there is. The least amount of resistance. Now, we all know this. For following after him does not mean you won't have any trials and troubles and tribulations. In fact, I had a, a gentleman ask me, because we use this scripture quite often, over in Luke chapter 4, right after Jesus got filled with the Holy Ghost, it says that he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And the gentleman asked me, he says, are you telling me that, that God led Jesus to be tempted? 
Think about that one. I had to think about that one. I said, well, no, it really doesn't say that. It says he led Jesus into the wilderness. It doesn't say, and God had him tempted. It was in the wilderness that he was tempted. Because you know the scripture says, Lo, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what I will fear no evil. There are some valleys we're going to walk through in life. But notice, but what I will fear no evil. What if I do fear? Fear is the opposite of faith. So if you got fear, get back over into faith. Get back to trusting God. See, if we're going to obtain the promise, then we're going to have to be spiritually aggressive. Now, there's a balance here. I said we're going to have to slow down a little bit. Slow down in being spiritually aggressive can be the same thing. Five things, very quickly, I'll give them to you. We well, that time went fast. Okay. Determine your focus. We are not focused people. Determine your focus. Look at Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Notice what Paul says here. Verse 10. That I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings be made conformable to my death. I'm going to read it to you out of the Amplified. Look what Paul says in the Amplified. For my determined purpose. Notice it doesn't say one of my purposes. No, my determined purpose. One singular focus. We could word it that way. My focus. My determined purpose. Notice now, my determined purpose is that I might know him, that I may know him. Now, Paul's been in the ministry for over 20 years at this point, been caught up into the third heavens, had a revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ, seen things that you and I will probably never see. That gave us a revelation that man has never been given. He was given the, really, the, as, as you've heard me say before, the, the, the writings of Paul are the unspoken words of Jesus. Oh, what an awesome thing. The unspoken words of Jesus gave us the revelation of the new creative realities in Christ, of who we are in Christ. And yet, this man is saying, but my permanent purpose is that I might know him. Oh, if anybody knew him, Paul did. But he's saying, my determined purpose is that I might know him. Is your determined purpose to know that? Is your determined purpose uh, waiting for Sunday for the Steelers game? And I got a Steelers shirt on, and there's nothing wrong with that. But what's your determined purpose? When you get up in the morning, what is your determined purpose? What are, where are your thoughts at throughout the day? What is your determined purpose? Paul says, my determined purpose is to know him. Now notice what he says. That I may progressively, because it is progressive, become more and more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. 
Do you know that throughout all eternity that will continue to be our purpose? We'll continue, you know, 100,000 years from now, you won't know him yet. Not the way you'll know him 200,000 years from now. See, you can't fathom 100,000 years, 200,000 years. So don't get concerned about these 85 years you're going to be on this earth, or 100 years, whatever it's going to be. Don't be concerned about that. That's just preparation for where we're going next. Material things are important, but man, get your focus off of them. Get your focus on Him. Don't be so focused on your infirmity because you're already healed. Get your, get your focus on Him. Because you're, like, you're already... Jesus didn't even give a thought to that fig tree. When He spoke to it, it was done and He was on His way. If Peter had brought it up, Jesus wouldn't have even thought about it. Because it was done. And you know, you and I, when our focus is so much on Him, you won't be thinking about the pain in your body. And you know what? When you forget about the pain in your body, the pain won't be there anymore. Now it's easy for you to say, Pastor Craig, you don't know the pain I'm going through. You might be surprised. Notice here. For my determined purpose is that I might know Him, might progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with Him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of His person more strongly and more clearly. See, you're not going to be spiritually aggressive unless you're determined to be, unless your focus is right. A lot of things are going to get in your way. Cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, lusts of other things. Where's your focus? Keep your focus on Him. To stay on course, you're going to have to take control of your body. You're going to have to tell your body who's in control. Listen to a statement. This is a, a prophetic word that Kenneth e, Kenneth e. Hagin gave years ago on the importance of communing with the Father. He said, don't take up all your time with natural things. Give your spirit opportunity to feed upon the Word of God, to commune with the Father above and build yourself up on your most holy faith. It doesn't take a lot of time, just an hour or two out of 24. Just pay a tithe of your time unto me, saith the Lord, and all will be well, your life will be changed, and it will be empowered and you will be a mighty force for God. Wow. Think about it, just an hour or two a day. An hour or two, Pastor Craig? I mean, the Bible tells us to meditate on Him day and night. If you really evaluate it, your focus is on Him more than you think it is. I remember when I first got born again, I'd go throughout the day and never even think of God, never even think of the Word. And I'd come home at the end of the day and I'd feel defeated and so forth because, man, I, I didn't think about God today. And I'd hear people talking about, you know, having their focus on Him and meditating on the Word day and night. And I thought, man, can, can you ever, will you ever arrive at something like that? You know, not today, 30 years later. I don't know if I hardly go moments without thinking about him. 
And it's not because I'm in ministry. It's when I worked secularly, before I came, on, before I came in the ministry. I mean, I, all I thought about was God. Throughout the day, day in, day out, all I thought about was God, His goodness, keeping our focus. Number two, so the first one, you have to determine your focus. Number two, once you have determined to know God, then you're going to have to spend time with Him. Make that decision. Now, I'm talking to the choir because you wouldn't have to be here on Thursday mornings. Look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. Matthew 6, 6. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into the closet. When thou hast shut thy door, pray to the Father which is in secret, and the Father which is in, seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. When you pray, enter into your closet. And all prayer is is fellowship with him. You know, you can, you can enter in your closet as you're walking down the hallway. When you leave here, you're entering into your closet. This isn't literally entering into your closet. It's, again, it's right back to your focus. But just think on it. Acknowledge him. Throughout the day-to-day, try to uh, discipline yourself. Just throughout the day-to-day, Father, I thank you, I hear your voice. Just be acknowledging that. I thank you, Father, that I hear your voice. And begin to practice that. Not practice saying it, practice hearing his voice. And, and begin to... Um, Little things. When you're going to do something, go someplace, whatever the case may be, begin to acknowledge him and say little things like, now, Father, is, is, there, is there something specific you want me to do? Something specific you want to tell me? Because I'm listening. Because I'm learning to hear your voice, Father. And you'll be surprised what little th- natural little things you're concerned about, he'll tell you. Mm-hmm. He and I have been working on that for the last several months. Really been coming strong on that. We're telling him, you know, he says that he'll bring all things to your remembrance. You know, all means all. It means little natural things. B left here uh, late yesterday and wasn't able to be at church last night, but there were some things that she wanted to get done yesterday. And it was a little thing that she said that she was going to do yesterday morning. And she'd completely forgot about it. And she said last night after she was home, she was just getting ready to sit down. There was a teaching that, that um, her and I had been listening to that one of them she hadn't got to yet. And I told her, I says, you need to really hear that. So she was going to sit down last night when she got home and she was going to listen to that. And she said, I was just getting ready to sit down. And just out of nowhere, the Holy Ghost reminded her of that one little thing that she had to do. wasn't a big deal, but yet it was a big deal. She would have been frustrated this morning if she hadn't done that. And right before church started, she called me on the phone. She says, you never guess what the Holy Ghost just, 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 just brought to my remembrance. And she just shared that little thing with me. But see, he cares about those things. But we've been putting him to the test, so to speak. Remind us of things. So we don't, because see, those little things would, this morning she would have woken up frustrated and would have been under pressure because she had, would have had gotten that done before she came into work this morning. But she doesn't have that pressure this morning because he told her about it. And it's like getting into your prayer closet. He's communicating with us all the time. But 
just begin to do that. Just begin to really practice his presence. Practice hearing his voice in these little things. Because he'll talk to you about some real, real big things. i got five points, and we're going to pick up three of them next week because we're out of time. But I want to share one thing with you. You know, you're going to have to you're going to have to do some of these things deliberately. The heart of everyone in here is you really want to know his voice. I know it is. You wouldn't be here. That's my heart and that's your heart. You know, he has created you for some big things. Don't limit yourself. Don't see yourself as not doing something great for God. Because he says those that know him will do exploits. God is not a respecter of persons. Now, he may not have you lead 60 million people to the Lord like he did to Reinhard Bonnke. He didn't call you to that. But you might be surprised what he has called you for, what he has called you to do. And all this time that you've been spending, that you've been doing things, all that is is preparation time. Do you know that, that Jesus was created for a purpose? Jesus, the man side, the humanity side. Buy back mankind. And you know it only took him three years to save all of mankind. Eighteen years of preparation, but it only took him three years to save all of mankind. Just only three years. He saved the whole world in three years. So it doesn't make any difference how old you are. It doesn't make any difference how much time we have left before he returns or before you go to home and be with the Lord. You've got plenty of time. But the question's going to be, is your focus going to be on him or is your focus going to be on you? And that's really what it's about, where our focus is. Father, we just desire you so much. I, I believe, Father, I know mine, and I believe everybody in here, Father. I believe that, that the determined purpose of everybody in here is to know you, to know you more intimately, Father, than anything else in their life. To know you, Father. To walk by faith. To please you, Father, in everything that they do. And Holy Spirit, my prayer is that either throughout the day, throughout the night, you show them. Show them how important and how significant their life is to you. Because there's things that you desire to have done in this earth that you're limited without them. And you need them. And you've created them. And you'll help them. And you'll equip them. And you'll power, empower them. So Holy Spirit, I'm asking you, show them what you created them for. Show them 
to the magnitude that you desire to use them. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Now, let me share you something with you. I believe he will answer that prayer. He showed me something back in October that I'm having difficulty wrapping my mind around it regarding B and I. And I said, God, if that's you, I'm all for it. But it'll only come to pass by it being you because there's no way I could even make it come to pass. And what is so exciting about it is I can't make it come to pass so I'm not even going to try. I'm just going to sit back, and I'm going to relax, and I'm going to watch him do it. Now, maybe I've missed it. Maybe that's not him. I don't think so. And it might be 20 years before it happens. I don't know. But he showed it to me a split second. I mean, it was like something ran across my mind, and, I mean, it wasn't. it was probably... 15, maybe 20 seconds is how long it took. But I've seen years worth of stuff go across my mind just like that. And I had a, a knowing on the inside. My God, you'd do that? Now, he's not a respect of persons. So what I'm saying, I prayed prayer for you. I don't know when, I don't know how, but I believe he's going to show you guys some things about yourself. Something for your future. Every one of you in here. Don't limit him. But you know, you don't have to figure out how it's going to happen or how he's going to do it. It might have, it might, it may not be some big grandiose thing that, that I might think is, but it may be to you. In fact, it will be to you. It might have something to do with a relationship. It might have something to do with family. It might have something to do with, with call. I don't know what it is. All I'm saying is I believe that he's going to show you something. And as hard as it's going to be when he shows it to you, just receive it. Don't try to figure out how could that happen. I mean, when it first crossed my mind, I laughed out loud. But then I got thinking, oh my, wow. Now, I haven't even told B yet. She knows he showed me something. And I told him, you're going to have to show her. Because we're in this thing together. And she has begun saying some things over the last several weeks in regards to what he showed me, and she doesn't even know she's saying it because she doesn't know anything about it. Little words that she's dropping, and I know, oh, he is, he's beginning to show her some things. She doesn't even know it yet. But you give it time. I'm saying all of that. Don't discount what he's going to show you because he's going to, I promise, he will show you something. Because he wants to use you. Our time isn't much left. Not in our, our time frames. He's got all the time in the world. <laughs> we love you and we appreciate you. I, you know, my heart's desire, my greatest heart's desire is for you to know exactly what he created you to for and you to do it. And he'll do that for you. I know he will. You know why? Because I asked him. I asked him. And he'll do it. Because I wasn't going to pray that prayer. In fact, I never thought about praying that prayer. I love you. God bless you. Have a great week.